Good morning. Buenos dias. We're glad to be here this morning. Now the mic will come. That's good. Are you awake? <laughs> Amen. Yeah. We will tell you a little bit about ourselves in a minute. Because this is not about us. It's about him. And because of him, using you, we can be in Mexico reaching people for Christ. But it's through Christ. It's not through us. It's not through what we do. It's what, it's what through he does. And he's powerful enough to change people's hearts. Amen? Amen? So I would like to pray before we sing a song. We're going to sing a song that probably most of you have heard. God will make a way. And uh, a little bit of it, we're going to sing it in Spanish, which is the heavenly language. Did you know that? <laughs> That's what they said. Uh, but anyway, before we sing the song, I would like to pray. So please close your eyes and let's come to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, here we are in your presence. We praise you. We worship you for who you are. And you are the greatest. You are the only true God. There are many gods, but you are the only true and alive God. And you are here with us. So please help us to focus on you. Help us to leave our pains and aches aside. Help us to give it to you because you can bring healing to our bodies, to our minds, to our souls because you are all powerful. So I pray, Father, that you will help us to focus on you and the things that you are doing in each one of us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's see. Oh, yeah, we got the PowerPoint. How many of you know this song, God Will Make a Way? Okay, sing along with me. We'll sing in English first so that you understand what you're singing, <laughs> and then we'll try a little Spanish after that. God will make a
five years since I sang that in English. I guess I did okay, huh? <laughs> All right, sendas Dios hará. So if you would repeat the words, and um, sendas Dios hará, can you say that? Sendas Dios hará, donde piensas que no hay. Donde piensas que no hay. El obra en maneras que, en maneras que, no podemos entender. No podemos entender. Él me guiará. Él me guiará. A su lado estaré. A su lado estaré. Amor y fuerza. Amor y fuerza. Me dará. Me dará. Un camino hará. Un camino hará. Donde no lo hay. And when it comes to the bridge, I'll just sing it, but if you know Spanish, you can sing it yourself too. <laughs> Are we back to the beginning? All right. Send us your donde piensas que no
song has been special to us for many, many years, and it's always true. God makes a way when there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see, but he's always working. He's always working, so be looking for what he's doing. He'll make a way for me. He'll be my guide. He'll hold me closely by his side with love and strength for each new day, for each new day. He will make a way. Is that, and that's the theme of our presentation. God will make a way. And now, um, I want to read, oh, Sandy, can you change this? Um, some verses from the book of Isaiah in chapter 43, and I will be jumping. But I don't know how many of you have faced a situation when you feel like a, you are in front of the Red Sea. And uh, you find yourself that there's nothing else to do. And you look back and the pressure is too much. The problem is too big. And then you look forward and it's impossible. You cannot see a way to escape. Well, God will make a way for each one of us. How many of you can say, God has made a way in the past in situations where you, when you say, this is impossible. How many of you can say that? Wow, yeah. And we have experienced that over and over in our ministry in Mexico. Uh, and even before Sandy came to Mexico, and she will tell you where she was before she came to Mexico. But in those moments when we say, God, I cannot do it. Guess what he says. That's fine. I can do it. I'm glad you recognize. I'm glad you got to that point. Because every time we say, yeah, I can do it. I can do it. And we try to do it. We cannot do it. And then he said, okay, now it's my turn. Let me do it. Uh, let me walk you to the other side. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. So the verses are going to be there. So if you can follow me, and, uh, and I will be jumping in different uh, places in Isaiah 43. But this is all related with the theme. And I believe, we believe that the word of God is powerful. And the word of God can speak for us. Uh, and the word of God is what we are uh, to believe because it's true and it's eternal. So he says, but now, and I make it personal. By the way, when I, when I read the Bible, I put my name or I put myself in that situation. And that's, that's more personal to me. And when I preach, I try to preach that way. So today and now, this reading is God speaking to us right now. He's here. How many of you believe that God is here? Yeah, he's not in the parking lot. He's already here. He was here before we came, right? So he said to us, but now, all believers of the hillside church, he's talking to us, so you better listen. <laughs> right? Listen to the Lord who created you, all saints of the hillside church, the one who formed you said, do not be afraid. For I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through the deep waters, 
I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, because you are precious to me. You are honored, and I love you. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. But forget all of that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. See? I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made hillside church for myself. Isn't that wonderful? Do you believe that? And they will someday honor me before the whole world. Amen. And our world is, you know, is not only Tahlequah. It's Mexico, too. And we came from Mexico because God is using you so that you can support us with prayers and uh, financially so that we can reach other people for Christ. So through the whole Bible, we see many people that have faced the Red Sea, that, that, that have come to that point when they see, well, there is no way. And then in the book of Hebrews 11, and we are not going to read it because we don't have time right now, but many of them, Noah, Abraham, Joseph, beautiful story, beautiful testimonies. Moses, Moses himself was in front of the Red Sea, but we all face the Red Seas in many, many uh, occasions. Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego talking about fire. One of the songs talk about fire, and they were in the fire. Uh, Daniel in front of the lions. Wow. And many, many more. So Moses experienced the way maker God. God is the God who makes a way when we think that there is no way. There is no, no way. So what did God do? In the book of Exodus, chapter 14, 21, says, Moses raised his hands over the sea, and the Lord opened a path through the water. God did it. He opened a path with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the dead sea bed, the, the, the seabed into a dry land. That's the biggest dryer that I can ever imagine, you know, to dry the bottom of the Red Sea. And God did it. So when you face those Red Sea experiences, remember who God is. And one thing is when we read about how wonderful God is, I was preaching in a church, a different church, uh, two weeks ago. They invited me to preach, and the theme was about God's power. God is powerful. And I told them, you know, from the beginning, from Genesis, 
God created. That's powerful. Can any, can any of you do something without anything? No, if you want to make something, you go to the store. You go to Home Depot. You go to wherever you have to go and buy the stuff. God didn't go to Walmart. God didn't go to Walmart. No, he created. That's powerful. So I was telling them, God is so powerful. And I told them, you know, and I can tell you about God's power for days, for months, for years. So what? What about my life? Do you believe that God is powerful enough to change your heart, your coldness, whatever situation you're facing today, or whatever sickness you're facing right now? God is all powerful. So when we apply the word of God to us, and then I can say, yes, you are. And there have been time, times in our ministry when we feel like a, we feel lonely sometimes. But then I remember there are churches in the States praying for us. And I keep telling our people, guys, we are not here by ourselves. We have a hillside church there praying for us. We have another church over there praying for us. And we have families and friends praying for us. And they go, really? So we are not by ourselves. But if they were not praying for us, God is with us. So we are not by ourselves. So that's what we're going to tell you about this morning. <laughs> we are Carlos and Sandy Rios, as you heard, and we have experienced the Waymaker God in our salvation and in our calling to be missionaries. I grew up in New Jersey in a non-Christian home. I became a believer when I was 13 and discovered that Jesus is the way. Shortly after that, the Lord called me to be a missionary I prepared at Philadelphia College of Bible and went to Japan as a missionary for 13 years. Then the Lord brought Carlos and us together in 1996. And I'm Carlos, and I grew up in Colombia, South America. I came from, the, from Colombia to the United States to get better education, but I got much more than that. I became a believer here in the United States. And it was so wonderful. And I remember as if it were yesterday or this morning. And it was so wonderful that I said to myself, no, I got to go back and tell our people that God is real, that God is not a religion. God is a personal God. So um, I went to Columbia Bible College and Seminary in Columbia, South Carolina, to get my training. And... Uh, God, you know, God called me to the mission field. And there at Columbia Bible College, I met my first wife. And her parents are here with us. And you, most of you know them, Jean and Beth. And then at the age of 32, she went to be with the Lord. She died of a spinal meningitis. And I'm sure that most of you heard the story before. But uh, I have, a, during that time, you know, I experienced one of those uh, Red Sea experiences. When I say, okay, Lord, uh, here I am. You, you call my wife home to be with you, and I had two daughters, and now what? And then he made a way for me, and he provided Sandy. And now we have been married 25 years. It's just like yesterday, right? Yes. Right? So, praise God. Um, so we work with team. 
the Evangelical Alliance Mission, and Tim is about 131 years old. Um, and we have missionaries, in, uh, we are about 600 missionaries working in 40 different areas of the world. Uh, and the goal is, the purpose is to help churches send missionaries to establish reproducing churches among the nations to the glory of God. That's the goal of Tim. And Sandy has been with Tim since 1982. She's, she has, she's less than, than uh, 131 years, by the way. <laughs> Sandy has been with Tim 39 years. And I joined Tim in 1990. So I have been with Tim 31 years. So to, uh, to 39 plus 31 is 70 years while wow, serving the Lord for his glory. And that's what we do now in Mexico. We plant churches. We've been working in Guadalajara. If you look on the map, you can locate it on the left coast there in mainland Mexico for the last nine years. But previously, we worked, if you look at the little finger peninsula that sticks down, you'll see La Paz. And just below that was Cabo San Lucas, where we worked for 14 years. And this is our team, Mexico, missionary family. Each one of them could tell you that God is the way maker in their personal lives and in their ministries. Then 2011, we handed this church in Cabo San Lucas over to a Mexican pastor. And we finished our time there, but we get to visit once a year and encourage the people. And then in 2012, God made it the way for us to go to mainland Mexico, to Guadalajara. It's the second largest city of all Mexico, about six million people, a bustling city. But it is also a very beautiful uh, colonial city with lots of culture. Mariachis are what our city is famous for. But the people live under the shadow of the Catholic Church. Day and night, the influence of the Catholic Church is felt. And it's a very idolatrous form of Catholicism, but it's also mixed with indigenous religions. Uh, in fact, our state, along with four others, is called the Circle of Silence because we have less than 2% of the population that are Christians. So these strong historical roots of Catholicism have made the, our city a stronghold of Satan. We have a purpose in our ministry. Our purpose is to know him and to make him known. And we have worked for six years doing that in a, a neighborhood. We used VBS programs, so every summer the people in the church worked hard to uh, provide those opportunities. We had about 35 kids come, and one year the theme was Joseph, and the next year uh, we had Daniel in the lion's den, and another year we had the armor of God. We have a gal that went to Rio Grande Bible Institute that created all of these images and crafts. She's pretty amazing. <laughs> but <clears throat> we were able to follow up with these children the last time. And we had about 15 kids come, but we just weren't seeing lasting fruit for the church. And we felt it was time to find a new place because just four doors down from us was the, the Catholic church. So our Red Sea experience was this very resistant neighborhood. And yet God said, I will make a way. So as we were ministering there, uh, we just use whatever God puts in our hands. And you know, it says God's ways are mysterious. And I turned 60 and Carlos said, hey, let's go downtown and get that discount card for senior citizens. So we did, we went to an office and we had to wait two hours, got into the conversation with this lovely lady, Raquel, and we gave her our phone number. 
Well, surprise, surprise, two weeks later, she calls and she says, my husband is dying and I saw that you have peace. I want that peace that you have. How much do you charge to come for Bible studies? We're like, charge? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I think the Catholic Church charges for just about everything. So we went and soon the Bible study grew to include her two brothers that were raised in Jesuit schools, but they never once opened the Bible. And it was so sad. The wife of one of the brothers is the niece of the ex-cardinal of Guadalajara. I think if she knew her husband was studying with us, she wouldn't have been very happy. But the Lord opened the door of Raquel's heart, and she believed in Jesus. She discovered that the way is Jesus. It's a person, not a religion. And it's so exciting to see her growing in the Lord. The Lord closed the time for uh, her to be with us in Guadalajara, and the Lord moved her on to Caretro, where her daughter is. We were able to visit her and meet her pastor in the white there, and just thrilled to see that she's growing and walking in God's ways. So in that neighborhood, we did not see much results, but we planted seeds. The kids that came to Vacation Bible School, they love it, they learn. Even their parents said, my kids are behaving better because we told them about the obedience and you know, um, honoring God and all those things. So they liked what we told them, but because of the pressure from the traditional church, the, uh, the priest said, don't go there, don't go there. So they, they came for a couple of times and they disappeared. And then we left, but the only result that we can say that we have from that area was a couple, Luis and Maria Elena, they're right there in the picture. They became a believer, believers and they're still coming to church, even in the new location, because we move, we say, you know, it's time for us to leave this place. When we were leaving, they say, why are you leaving? Well. I mean, we didn't tell them, but they didn't want it, so we want to go to a different place. Maybe there are other people who want it. So the Lord provided a new fishing hole for us to go to, and he led us in a new way, in a new path. What we did was we teamed up with another pastor who had a vision to start seven churches in Guadalajara. It was called the Network of Living Water Bible Churches. It was right at March 1st, 2020. You know what happened after that. <laughs> but as a result, we moved to a new location and we were able to get a fresh start. Uh, but we did not realize at the time how crucial it would be to be in this large building. Our other place was just a small home and we could not have done social distancing. We could not have had services, basically. So this was so much God's timing. It was such a, a privilege and a thrill. The Mother Church sent us uh, Danny on the right and Umberto on the left, who were mature believers to help Carlos with the preaching. And so we opened the doors on March 1st, 2020. We had our inauguration service. People came from the other church, our church, and it was so exciting. But then the door was slammed shut just two Sundays later. No church can't open. What are we going to do? <laughs> you know, here was our Red Sea, the pandemic. But with the global pandemic came the global gospel and there were unprecedented opportunities to serve the Lord. The restrictions meant we had to close the doors physically, but we never imagined what God had in store to expand our ministry, even internationally. So the challenge of the pandemic became the greatest blessing in our life. So we, start, we went to the building, but it was just a handful of us, just to do the recording of the church service. 
So we started using Facebook Live. And the very first Sunday, I said, you know, the Lord put in, the, in my heart the desire to invite my family back in Aruba and Colombia. I have part of my family who lives in an island in the Caribbean called Aruba. So I sent the, the invitation and I told them, you know, we're going to have to study the Bible and uh, the service or, yeah, the meeting is going to start at uh, 11 o'clock. So if you, if you want to come. And it was so touching for me to see in the screen the name of my mom, one sister, another sister, and a brother, and uh, about four or five of them. I come from a large family, by the way. We can have a Sunday school class right there with my family. <laughs> but it was so touching. After 40 years of praying for their salvation, they start coming and listening to the gospel. So God made a way. God made a way. God is good. Then we started meeting on Zoom, as many of you did, uh, for Bible studies and prayer meetings. On Resurrection Sunday night, the leaders said, let's open a Bible study on Zoom Monday and Fridays, the book of John. Well, imagine what happened. This is Gloria, Carlos's youngest sister. The very next day, she contacts us, and she says, hey, do you have a Bible study every day of the week? <laughs> and we said, well, not every day of the week, but we have it on Monday and Friday. So she started coming to that Bible study, and she started studying the book of John. And, of course, in the first lesson, we got to John 1.12. And she said, I never knew that we aren't all children of God. And the Lord opened her eyes, and she became a believer and started following God's ways. Well, soon she told us, Monday and Friday, that's not enough for me. I need more. <laughs> so, okay, we can start a whole individual discipleship with you. Well, she began sharing the gospel with her sister, Claudia. Claudia, at this point, was in Colombia, taking care of mom, who had a pacemaker put in. She got stuck there for 15 months. She couldn't get back to her husband. She was not a Christian at the time, and it was really tough. But through Gloria sharing, she became a believer, and her whole perspective on life changed. In fact, we were at one of our Zoom meetings, and this third person is trying to get into our Bible study, and I'm like, never had anybody try to get into the zoom meeting that we didn't invite and here it was martha a third sister and claudia said oh i we just wanted to surprise you so that you could see what god is doing because we wanted you and we were just so happy and she was so happy and it, it was just amazing it was really a blessing then later a fourth sister joined and then a sister-in-law and a niece so uh, it was really precious the uh, sister-in-law had been baptized in a church, but she really didn't understand salvation. She didn't understand what it was all about. So she joined us in the baptism class, and now all of them want to come to Guadalajara to get baptized. <laughs> they call it, they say Carlos is their pastor, but really the two guys, Umberto and Danny, were leading the Bible study, and they were really instrumental in training them. So God brought all these nations together. It was quite amazing. The, I want to say the one on the right, the top right, um, no, the top left. Um, she's my <coughs> oldest sister. Her name is Beatrice. And she said, you are our pastor. <laughs> That's what she said. You are our pastor. But, you know, it took a pandemic. It took restrictions. 
because otherwise we would have just stayed in that little building and we hardly would have reached anybody. But the Lord opened it up in such a marvelous way. God's ways are so beyond our imagination and higher than our ways. We even had to do our uh, celebrations of holidays online. So we did our Zoom Independence Day of Mexico, costumes and games and patriotic songs. One believer said, I've never celebrated Independence Day with other believers in my whole life. So through the pandemic, um, we saw that God is the way maker and he opened this ministry up internationally for us. We alternated in the fall in person, online, in person, online, as the government told us. And we uh, really couldn't imagine when we got back together how wonderful it was to be in person again after about six months of not being but on Zoom. And then, Carlos? You know, our culture in Mexico is, you know, is almost impossible for us not to shake hands. <laughs> when the government said, you know, no, keep the distance, you know, that goes against the culture there, you know. But when we got together, it was like a, like a new beginning, you know, when we got together physically, you know, in person again. So I was able to preach the gospel again in person because in Zoom is good, but in Facebook, yeah, but in person is different, you know, when you see the person, when you, when you see people's faces in, in, uh, uh, close to you and when you can share more openly, that, that is very meaningful. And even for Sandy, when she was singing, playing the guitar, and people were singing with us. That is beautiful. So God sent a wonderful, we were praying that God will help us, that he will send a musician, or oh, several musicians, because it was Sandy and the lady that is on the left, um, Alicia. And then God sent us a drummer. Praise God. But we didn't have a, a drum set. So one day he said to me, Pastor, I would like to donate a drum set. Yeah, but nobody plays. Well, it will come with the player. I said, yes. <laughs> so he donated to the church. And, and uh, even though, well, he's well, 70, 69 years old, but the way he plays, I, I say, Armando, that's his name. Armando, you made the drums talk. And, and you play. You don't make noise, but you play. Because, you know, I have seen people that play the, the drums, but they make a lot of noise. <laughs> and I'm not saying that, you know, every style is different. But when he plays, he plays in a way so worshipful that he helps us to engage. And sometimes at the end of some songs, you know, uh, it's like, uh, oh, yeah, he, we were singing, how great thou art. And the way he ended, it's like, you are the greatest, Lord Jesus. It's so beautiful. So God provided uh, Armando. One of the challenges we had with going online and our Red Sea experience was how do we make it personal? How do we make it close? Because, you know, Facebook Live, nobody even interacts except for in the little chat thing. And it just wasn't what we wanted it to be and so we kept praying lord show us and he said i am the god who makes a way where there seems to be no way so when we went online again the next time we tried zoom in addition to facebook live and so on zoom after the service after the message everybody could share what is it you learned what are you taking home what are you going to put into practice and that became like it's just something we do now with our service and it's such a blessing for the interaction and going deeper together 
And then at Christmas time, well, we can't get together to practice for a program. What are we going to do for Christmas? So the Lord gave us the idea to assign the names of Jesus to each family. And each family would bring a decoration representing that name and have five minutes to tell us about that name of Jesus. And then instead of decorating a tree, we decorated the cross with the names of Jesus. And it was so beautiful because it's that one another ministering to one another that is part of the word of God. Another idea the Lord gave us was families in prayer. So each family is assigned to another family for two months, and they are to call each other and check on each other, and that has really helped. People get excited about praying for each other's needs, and it's a wonderful way to show that we love each other. In addition, here is the Hasmeen that I mentioned that did all the VBS decorations, and she's just incredible. She went up to Rio Grande Bible Institute for two years, and then she was uh, graduated in December. She's working with our youth and looking forward to possibly going to missions in the um, future. But our Waymaker God decided that um, we were going to have this ministry of edifying believers and spreading the gospel online. And it starts, though, at first it started with our neighbor uh, next to the church, Rosie. She runs a liquor store, and she became our best friend right off the get-go. We were just so close, and she just, I don't know, we just, the Lord gave this special love that we have for each other. She really loves the word, I think, and she loves God. She doesn't ever mention like the Virgin uh, of Guadalupe or anything when we talk. And uh, she came to the War Room movie that we did online. She came to Carlos's birthday party. She's receiving the little devotionals we write. So she's really open. So pray for Rosie. If you can remember Rosie, she's in the white, uh, red and white striped top. And so we're just uh, thrilled. But then the Lord said, I don't want you just next door. I'm going to move you out in another way. And the Lord put on my heart to write little devotionals in Spanish and in English. So I would write them every day and put them on a WhatsApp group. We have about 70 Latino women that receive it. And then we also put them on the Facebook page. And I'm just amazed. Sometimes I would cry because I, I don't, you know, the Lord just gave me the ideas what to write every day. It was there. I'd wake up and this is what you're going to write. Okay, I write it. And people would say, that's just what I needed. And it just was so thankful that we can't be in person maybe, but we can encourage each other in the Lord. And so believers in Japan, Aruba, U.S., Colombia, Honduras, Mexico, were, were receiving God's word and growing. And then these devotionals, I call them do, the daily encouragement from God's word to strengthen us each day. And these are actually people from our church in Cabo that would comment and write back. And the two ladies on the right, they lost their husbands to COVID. And um, the second one over lost her, her daughter additionally. But they write and say, thank you. Thank you for those devotionals. They mean so much to us. So we can keep ministering to people that we ministered to years ago. And uh, this was a real pr a special privilege for me. Uh, missionary women can get together on a conference called Thrive. Usually it's in a big five-star hotel. Well, we had to do it online. 400 missionaries online receiving from the word of God was such a privilege, and I was uh, very thrilled that I could meet a lady named Heidi Church, uh, Heidi Smith. Heidi Smith. So she and her husband invited us to do the Marriage Alpha Seminar uh, on Zoom. Uh, and then I said to Sandy, no, this is good for the whole church. So let's tell the couples in the church. Well, nine couples said, hey, well, I would like to join that group. 
And then they invited other nine couples. And then there were nine, other nine couples from Chile. And there was a couple here uh, in da near Dallas, Texas. And there was another one, Colorado, uh, um, here in the US. So at the end, we were about 28 couples on Zoom doing this marriage seminar. I just want to interrupt that one man in our church, he said, two hours, I don't want to go that long. And then after he finished it, he was like, that was really great. Because it isn't like just looking up a verse and writing an answer. You're having a conversation with your spouse about very relevant issues. And it was just redone in February. So it's couples from all over the world, India, Africa, Japan, and they're talking about their marriages and that particular theme. And at the end, one couple came to us and said, you know, we've been married over 20 years and we have never talked about a lot of these topics. And then another couple said, we missed session four. So we went back and watched it. It was on forgiveness. We had so much to deal with, we had to go back and watch it again. So the Lord's just working with marriages and strengthening. And if, if you can get your marriages strong, you have a much stronger church. So we were really grateful for that. So what Sandy and I did, we posted photos, uh, pictures of us doing the homework in different places, you know, in a park, in a restaurant, just in town, you know. And we told them, you know, you don't have to spend money to go to downtown and walk or sit down in a park. It's free. So, and they, and then they start posting their pictures. Mm -hmm. Oh, I went to the park with my wife and we had a wonderful time. So that was, that was great. One of the goals was to get them to take a weekly date to focus on each other and their marriages. Another thing that's a wonderful opportunity to share the gospel is holidays. And we had Mother's Day in person. We did our roses. And then later in the afternoon, we had an online Zoom time together. Over Easter weekend, we went to the park. And that was a lot of fun. There's a man up in uh, our church in New Jersey that gave Carlos this game called Kub, K-U-B-B. It's a Viking game, and we use it as a ministry tool to reach people, and that's been good. We had Father's Day celebration, and pray for these men. Pray for them to be godly men. Pray for them to be leaders of their homes. And our last Red Sea experience was, all right, we're going on home assignment. We missed last year because of COVID, but we're going this year. <laughs> and we don't have really uh, enough leadership, enough people committed. We don't have musicians. What are we going to do? So the Lord opened the way that uh, sent a music teacher. And so we have six ladies or people studying voice and two studying drum. So we're, it's going to take a while, uh, we'll say, but it's moving in the right direction. So we were very excited about that. Then the Lord brought Nestor on the left to join Umberto and Danny. And actually, Danny and Umberto on the ends, they're brother, brothers. So they know each other very well. But Nestor is helping, especially with the music. And we're very, very thankful that that enabled us to be able to come up here on home assignment. In fact, they presented a real sweet plaque with everybody having written something of, uh, of appreciation last Sunday. And this is our church family. Pray for them in our absence. Carlos told them, now, if you guys multiply three times as big as you are and we come back, I won't be angry. <laughs> so <laughs> we are praying for that. We also have our family in the, uh, in the flesh. <laughs> oh, yeah, Spanish. Anyway, our daughter, Anna and Mark, and the four kids. And Alex is with us. Yeah, Alex is with us. Woo! It came up from Dallas. And then Raquel married Nathaniel. He's an MK from the Czech Republic. 
and Mark is Korean, but he grew up in the Philippines as a missionary kid. So we're thankful for our family. And this is my dad, who's in the nursing home since four years ago. My mom went to heaven. And uh, the Lord showed us to, way before we did Zoom and everything, he showed us get a tablet and take pictures. He can't hear, write little captions, and he responds so beautifully. He can't in take initiative of anything, but he can respond. And, you know, if I say something, sometimes he'll say, amen. <laughs> so I'm really thankful that we are going to New Jersey from here, and we have two months, and we'll get to visit him at least once a, a, month, a, a week because it is really hard to have that kind of relationship from the distance. So please continue to pray for us, and it's a pleasure to be here. And um, I just want to tell you also that Guadalajara is one of the hardest places to reach for Christ in Mexico. We have talked to many, many people. They are very, most of them are very well educated. There are a good, good number of good universities in, in Guadalajara, but they are very narrow-minded. The tradition is very strong. And we had talked to many people, and they said to me, I don't care what the Bible says. I only believe my religion, and you are not going to change my religion. And I, my answer is, that's not my goal, to change your religion. But I just want to tell you about Jesus. And so it's a very hard place. But those moments, that's when we say, you know, there are people praying for us. And we are the answer of your prayers. If it were not for your prayers, we, who, we wouldn't be here today. We would not be on the field. But because of your prayers, God is faithful. God says, my word, I will send it out and it will always produce fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to do. It will prosper where I send it. And now we're asking for seven prayer requests for us, if you can, seven days, one day of the week, each day. One would be wisdom and protection as we seek to maintain and grow the church during the COVID time and in such a resistant area. So wisdom and protection. And as God had been answering your, your prayers because before we flew, we had to have the COVID test and it was negative. Now, our faith test came positive. So we are reaching people for Christ. <laughs> Did you get the point? <laughs> the we faith. tested for our faith, and it came positive. And it says, praise the Lord. <laughs> Second prayer request, pray for a Mexican pastor to work together with Carlos, who would eventually take over the church, because if the Lord enables us, we'd like to start one more church before we um, retire. And then a capable and humble person to lead the music worship team and capable musicians. Fourthly, uh, our church members to grow spiritually, to know Christ very deeply and to make Christ known and be sharing the gospel. Uh, then children and youth. We have very few children and youth. And wisdom to know if we should buy the building we're renting right now. And then we will be retiring in 2026. So this is our, our last term. I can't even believe I'm saying that. <laughs> um, but pray that it will be fruitful and that we'll have wisdom, uh, wisdom where to retire and all those crazy decisions. But if you want to stay updated on the table, there's a green piece of paper. You can sign up for either a, an a email update or you can get become our Facebook friend and we'll send you an invitation to our closed prayer group. And remember that God will make a way where there seems to be no way. 
We do want to uh, tell you that there's photos on the back, and if you want to adopt a, a family or an individual, I'll tell you who it is. I'll write their name on the back. You can write and ask us how they're doing, but we want to connect the families, the church family here with the church family there. And um, after the service, we want to take a photo with everybody because we promised the people that we would do that and take a picture with you so they could see who you are. And we also have a note, if Tom could come up, from the church people, they wanted to write a note to you. This so. is from the church family in Guadalajara to the Hillside Church here in Tahlequah. And Tom is going to read it. And apologies, because I have the old church name on there. I told the man to change it, and I think he didn't connect it, but. Okay. Okay, thank you very much, Carlos and Sandy. That's